Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- the Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Uh, all right. Before we get to Tino, uh, for um, all the people tuning in to listen to Tino, I have a book that came out last week. It is a USA Today bestseller. Ha ha ha. That's, I don't know why I said ha ha ha. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Today is October 20th. Ha 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 ha. That's right. That was the great one you heard up top, uh, letting us know that he's got a USA Today bestseller on his hands with his book, Don't Text Your Ex, Happy Birthday. Or as someone, uh, Dark Seeker, reposted on Gore, called him not my great one, which I think is a great phrase. He is a great one for all of us, for the entire nation. But today is October 20th, 2022. We need to say that date just in case anybody out there might be listening to this in the future and you want to know what happened in this great week within our nation. Yeah, I should reiterate that by the time this comes out, everything will have changed because Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight, will have come out. So keep bear in mind, we have recorded this before that album has come out. Before the world changed. But if you've listened to This Week in Bachelor Nation before, you know what you're going to get here. You're going to get a bunch of news about all the comings and goings of our favorite players within the nation. You're going to get a bunch of news about their parasocial plays. You're going to get some screams from the pit. We're going to talk about those gains. We're going to talk about those parasocial creatures of the week. But before we get to any of that, of course, we're going to have to discuss what is going on in our beloved game this week. This is Game Game of of Roses. State of the Game. Now, as you may be aware, (laughs) if you listen to our program, 
We talk a lot about the sauce wars. We have coined that phrase because it was something that we saw happening. I don't know when we saw this happening. Six months to a year ago. (laughs) Yeah, we should figure out what the real start of the sauce wars was. I don't remember when the first time we mentioned the phrase was, but I would say the start of the sauce wars was probably March 25th, 2002 with the first episode of The Bachelor. Oh, zinger. The sauce wars have, they've been a long time coming. And the idea is basically that The show is perpetuating certain narratives that are less than true, shall we say. And there are some players who come out to reveal the tea behind those narratives and tell the truth about them. And the uh, official Bachelor Nation podcasts, happy hour, clickbait, talking it out, whatever the new Michael Elio and Daniel Maltby one is going to (laughs) be. Second spark. That's my prediction. Second spark. Okay. They kind of all uphold the narratives that the the producers are telling us, many of, of which are untrue. We saw this happening and we kind of were predicting that there was going to kind of come a time where the players would start to contradict the edits. They would start to contradict these narratives in favor of the truth. And indeed, we are now living through that time. It's every episode now that comes out of Bachelor in Paradise the next day or even that night. Sometimes there is a flurry of tweets and Instagram stories and TikToks from the players in the season contradicting the edit, bringing the tea. Even now, we just saw, in certain cases, like Sarah Hamrick, who went on out on a date with Logan, comes out and says, the date was actually better than you what you saw. And what we saw wasn't even bad. <laughs> she's not even contradicting a villain edit now. She's just saying, there's a lot of stuff you didn't see that was even better than the stuff you saw. Or worse. I'm not even sure what direction that was intended in, but... The volume is so great. And that's another reason why we have to say today's date. We don't even know what might come out in the sauce wars, come off of the front lines before tomorrow. So, But we're in this era now of the sauce wars where it is expected that this will happen immediately. Whereas before, you know, we would watch this and we would do our recaps and we would cover our beloved game. And we would sit here and say, that doesn't seem like it's real. How much of this is producers? (laughs) How much of this is the edit? And no one would say anything. Because they feared reprisal. They feared getting sued. That contract you sign says that the producers have the ability to sue you if you break the contract. And the contract, it prohibits you essentially from talking about what really happens in the show, from going against the edit. Now everybody's doing it. And they're not suing anybody, to my knowledge. So I don't know if Mm -hmm. this is marking... um, a willingness of the producers to let this shit slide or if their hands are tied, if the the sheer volume of players who are doing this is so drastic that who are they going to sue? All of them? Are they going to pick and choose who they sue? Is it going to become a reverse scenario of Michael Olio? So now it's not just the hero players get the good edits, but it's like the players they really don't like get sued, but the other ones don't. What's a reverse grocery store? An Amazon. Amazon owns Whole Foods. I would say that is still a grocery store. But when does this, the sauce wars, when this idea of players contradicting the edit, when do we get to hear them talking about that on happy hour, on clickbait? Will it ever happen? Never. I mean, it has to. If this becomes a part of the culture. Unless unless they are not, like happy hour would have to be split off from the production. They would need to have different goals. And right now, Happy Hour's goal, it would seem to me, would be to uphold exactly what is happening in the show and pick the favorites as the ones who are going on all the podcasts, etc. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I mean, I think there is there are conversations to be had. Like I can, in my mind, hear Grocery Store having Casey Woods on clickbait and asking him a lot about the IFI, which we're going to get to in the news. Like it was... In fact, quite severe. We're now learning through um, social media. He sustained some pretty significant injuries. But talking about that kind of thing, or talking about anything that even kind of trivializes a certain event, and then a player comes out and says, like, no, this was really a serious thing. I could see them talking about that. I don't know that they would talk mm-hmm. about the, like, overtly about the disparity between the reality and how the producers are spinning it. But I can see them starting to go in that angle because if all the players are talking about this shit on social media and then you have them on your show and you don't talk about it, why have the show? I don't know that it's like a different arm. I mean, did Natasha talk about her tweet? I mean, we're going to go through these major social media plays 
Natasha Parker tweeted, so they brought Danielle in to save Mike A. So he must have an official Batch podcast coming out, right? Exclamation point, question mark, hashtag Bachelor in Paradise ABC. But see, I think that is... uh, I think that is sauce. I think she meant that sarcastically. Like, she knows that that argument is out there, and she's like, oh, so I guess he's going to have a podcast. (laughs) But it's like, that's not exactly what a protected player is. If you have a a Bachelor Nation podcast, you're 100% a protected player. But you can also be a protected player without having a podcast. Yeah. There are protected players every season who don't. Ben Higgins. Famously. Of the Ben Higgins edit. Do you think this new behavioral protocol, this... I mean, essentially, it's pure freedom for all of these players to react parasocially to whatever's happening in the edit without consequence. I love it, too. Do you think it's going to extend into the main game, into 27? This is all happening right now in Bachelor in Paradise Season 8. And Bachelor in Paradise is, at least from the producer's perspective, a little more freewheeling. It's a little more like, whatever. Do I feel like the players of Zach Shawcross this season are going to make social media moves like this? Yes. Do you? You think they will contradict the edit? Yes. Parasocially? I think they're studying exactly what is happening right now. If I'm on that season, I am following everything in Bachelor in Paradise. They're shooting right now. Yeah, but they will have seen all of this by the time they're doing the watchback period. You think. You think that, but maybe not. I don't know. What do you mean? They won't watch Paradise? Yeah, that's possible. Because they're shooting right now. I know, but once you finish shooting, don't you think the first thing you would do is watch Bachelor in Paradise? I I think in many cases, the first thing you do after shooting Bachelor season 27 is come home and curl up in a fucking fetal position in your bed for like a month and want nothing to do with Bachelor. Okay, post the fetal position period. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even shitting you. I think that's common. I Honestly, like, I feel like we're getting... I feel like we're getting a glimpse mm-hmm. of that at the estates. Like those women are so tired and exhausted and they're just like in air conditioning for the first time and like have just had all of this like really intense stuff thrown at them and they are just lying around like there's a gas leak. I think that's what players look like once they leave. Do you think Shawcross will contradict? I, it depends on if they villainize him or not. It depends on who he winds up being. I agree, but yeah. we are now seeing, you know, Clayton Eckerd, Susie Evans went on off the vine. We covered yeah. that in our Digging Deeper. If you haven't listened to that, go back. It was last Monday's Digging Deeper. We covered a bunch of clips from it. And he very openly, uh, I won't say he contradicted an edit per se, but he very openly talked about the detrimental effects of the show and how it ruined his relationship and the effects it had on his mental health. That's something we don't really see happening, certainly not this soon after a season. Will Shawcross see that? as a sign of, okay, I can be honest about these things if they double cross him or whatever, which I think they are. Shawcross just seems like scared from the get-go. I think they will because that's just what they're doing. They're just like, they are just throwing shit at their leads regardless of what happens. And you're right. Clayton wasn't contradicting the edit, but it was kind of an implied contradiction of the edit. Like I'm not that bad a person to have deserved to go through this. Right backlash kind of thing what happened to him from the backlash do you think the producers are ever going to dial back their level of control or their level of kind of maliciousness in the edits like what what are the producers thinking right now when they've worked so hard to have absolute control over every element of this production and the parasocial reflection of it to then have basically every fucking player in Bachelor in Paradise is now just salivating to fire off these tweets and these uh, Instagram posts being like, nope, that's not how it happened. Wait, can we go through Can we go through a couple of them just for people who um, might have missed them? Please. We have one from Sierra Jackson. I feel highly disrespected. I'm going to go meditate. Hashtag Bachelor in Paradise. That's on Twitter. We have Hunter Hagee on Twitter. Where was my convenient... Here is a man to save you from leaving right before the rose ceremony rose. Dead emoji, sweating, laughing emoji. Hashtag Bachelor in Paradise. Marlena Wesh. Quote, damn, Michael got the privilege at it. <laughs> That's on Twitter as well. We have Wells Adams saying, oh, it wasn't low key. They cut it. But I told Michael Olio I had someone for him and then walked up the steps of Paradise, welcomed Daniel Maltby and told her to go find Michael. 
hashtag bachelor in paradise. That was in response to someone saying, Loki, you think that Wells Adams is playing matchmaker and I love it. And that I think was not sarcastic. I think that really actually did happen. Yeah. Then we have Serene Russell. I was surprised by this one tweeted. I'm sorry, but to lose a sparkle emoji, undisclosed amount sparkle emoji of time during a three week to month long process is messed up regardless of how strong your relationship is. Time is valuable. When other shows do it, they're looking at 12 weeks of filming. There's so much in that one. She's essentially saying, even me, somebody who's in a solid relationship, somebody who is one of your hero players this season, you fucked me over. And when other shows do this, they do it better. She's essentially shitting on producers here just outright. Yes. And first, I mean, we talked about this last episode for Serene Russell and Brandon to team up. That is what you kind of need for a unionization play. You're, you know, your star couple. Mm-hmm. They even have Brandon holding a sparkler in his intro package. Like he's the one who's known for proposing <laughs> or is going to propose. Yeah. We have Genevieve Parisi tweeted, lucky for Michael and Danielle, they get to avoid the shit storm that's about to commence. Hashtag Bachelor in Paradise. And then Jill Chin tweeting, what do you expect? We were ripped away from the place we called home, the environment we were finally comfortable in and sent off while other girls hung out with our men. Of course, I'm going to cry. So what you essentially have here is a parasocial revolt. You have no players, even the players who are going to come out of this on top. I mean, Olio is rightly silent. Malt be rightly silent here. They're they're the beneficiaries of this, <laughs> the construction of this entire thing. But every other player involved in it is essentially saying, fuck you. This sucks. You shouldn't have done this. You have a, a really a complete revolt parasocially. What must the producers be thinking when they see this? Are they thinking at all? We shouldn't do this again. Or are they thinking these players better shut up? Are they thinking we need tighter control in their parasocial outlets? I don't know what their reaction to this is going to be. But I do think since the bubble seasons began, we have seen a degradation of the format of the game again and again and again, seemingly in service of bringing people to tears, ruining relationships, uh, causing nervous breakdowns. That really is the primary goal of the producers at this point. And I think you're now seeing players reacting to that and saying this is bullshit. You know what I want to read? I want to read the players group chat because I assume they're all sharing with each other like, okay, let's all post these because it's a form of unionization. Well, they should be. Yeah. they sh- If they're not doing that, they definitely should be. If anybody who listens to this show is currently in your watch back of paradise, you need to be hitting up all the other paradise players coordinating these parasocial uh, launches into the ether. If you're, especially if you're going to be contradicting edits, you need to have people to back you up and everything, but there's such power Mm -hmm. in the players unionization. And I know there's not an official players union. There's not even a reality TV actors union, which there should be at this point in our, our history. But, you have the power to make these unofficial unionization plays where all the players are going to stand together. You're all going to support each other. And then there's really nothing that can be done uh, against you because without players, there is no game. That is true of every professional sport. It's definitely true of the fucking bachelor. If you don't have anybody who's willing to come to paradise, they can't make the show called bachelor in paradise. And that ultimately is where your real power lies Um, in the main games. It's harder to make a union play because you don't all know each other already. You're all coming in as rookies and it's like, fuck, if I stick my neck out, the next person may not have my back and I might get completely fucked. But once you get to paradise, you've all been in the game. You can make unionization plays. We've seen it. Yeah, we have. We we saw um, What's-His-Face make one to get Michael P to get one out. Mikey Planeta get to get someone out. Yeah, I mean, those are kind of like you know, dipping your toe in the unionization pool. But I'm saying like with Paradise, once all the invitations go out and you all get flown down there, you can have agreements before Paradise. All of these players have each other's DMs and Instagrams. Certainly, we know that many of them talk to each other. Even hero player Michael Olio was talking to Daniel Maltby just as friends. They never met. We know, we know. Mm -hmm. But... You can make these agreements before the season starts that when you all show up, you can ice out any new players. If they bring in like a giant group of players (laughs) and they're like five new players, you can all just be like, no, fuck it. You can 
pull that strategy if you want. You can also pull a walkout strategy that if anything smells bad in any way, if anyone starts to feel like they're getting a villain edit and they're not down with it, you can all stand in solidarity and leave the beach simultaneously. That the the power of the player pool in paradise is like absolutely supreme if you all stick together. Yeah, that's the thing. You need everyone to do it. It can't be some group of people that they could somehow make a villain in the edit. Right. It needs to be everyone because then they can't really explain it away if it's everyone. Absolutely. And you, I mean, this is something that is like hard to, I think it would be a hard thing to do in the position of a player. But if you feel something like the Sally suitcase thing, for example, when they come to you and they're like, we're going to throw this fucking suitcase in here. You guys have to tear it apart and throw the shit on the ground and flip this vibrator around and take it down to the beach. Kira, you're going to pretend like you're going to go into the boom boom room with it. She seemed to be a good sport about it. But in that moment, all of those players could have said like, no, nah, we're not doing this. And I know that that isolates you. And it, it's like, fuck, what are they going to the producers going to do to us if we say no to one of their schemes? But I think you can do it now. That's what I'm getting from the sauce force. If the producers are going to allow you to contradict the edit every day, literally on social media, like I think you can get away with more in game too. Cut to next Bachelor in Paradise season. There's Wells playing all the players on the beach <laughs> and why they were actually really bad people and all were kicked <laughs> off the beach at the same time, yeah. re- being replaced by all night one players. <laughs> <laughs> Not even night one players. It's just like people yeah. from other TV shows and shit. Why am I here? What's going on? It's just like random people they pulled from stagecoach. All producers. But that's the state of the game. We're we're really in unprecedented times. And I know we keep saying that every week, but it's because it's true. Every week, <laughs> some new shit happens that I'm just like, this is fucking crazy. All the players are now openly contradicting the edit. I never thought I would see that. Oh, there was one more play which I don't have the exact details on because it is now deleted. But Haley Malls uh, made a reel, and in it she was pretending to scratch a record like an old-school DJ, and across the video it said, producers remixing what really happened. And she's deleted that. So obviously some players, they are getting scared. Well, that's something that I wish I could get the info on, like who's getting the cease and desist? Who's getting the phone call from the producer that's like, hey, You shouldn't be doing that. I don't know if they're all getting it. And some of them are just like, I don't give a fuck. Go fuck yourself. I am doing it. Or if they're selectively reaching out and saying, take this down. But like Haley Moles taking it down. Just me, my speculation. I have no inside information on this. That feels like to me, a producer reached out to her and was like, hey, you got to take this down. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to go to paradise next season or... Don't you? <laughs> right. But you don't see like Genevieve Parisi is not taking shit down because she's a higher level player. Like she wields yeah. more power than a Haley Mullis does in the, the bachelor world. Right. So are the producers just reaching out to the players that they know they can like put the, the boot on or mm. is it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. We're we're in, like I said, unprecedented times, very fascinating. And I think we're going to continue to see more and more of it as paradise goes then I don't know what's going to happen next January when we get our our night one of Bachelor season 27 with Zach Shawcross. I don't know what is going to happen during that watchback, but I'm very anxious to find out. <laughs> the closer we get, I get I get a little bit more excited for that season. <laughs> I think it's going to be a very interesting season. But that wraps up our state of the game. Now it's time to move on to that segment of our program where we discuss all of the movements in the ratings and the social media of our favorite players. This is this week in games. We begin our game segment as we begin it every week by discussing the ratings of our beloved game. The Monday episode pulled in a 0.52 this week, which was up about 18% from last week's Monday episode, and it pulled in 2 million overall viewers, up about 8% from last Monday's show. The Tuesday episode maintained its 0.55 demo rating with 2.25 million viewers total. That total viewer number was up about 6% from last Tuesday. Our beloved game came in third across the four major networks Tuesday night behind the voice on NBC and FBI on CBS. It did manage to edge out the resident on Fox and a new show called on the CW called the Winchesters, which debuted with a healthy 0.1 in the demo. Congrats to the Winchesters. And now for the top five Instagram gains this week. 
The gold medal in gains goes to Brittany Galvin. She gained 14.4K this week for her 40RR tattle defense, bringing her into the 100K club at 103,000 Instagram followers total. Love to see it. Still got a a little juice left in this franchise to get you some influencer numbers. The silver medal in gains goes to Victoria Fuller. She gained 11K this week for her split week STCO play, which landed her at 602K followers total. The bronze medal in gains goes to grocery store himself, Michael Alio. He gained 10K for his PTC and impeccable third audience game this week. He is at 294K total. Fourth place goes to Serene Russell. She added 9.6K followers this week for her 4TRR all-eggs play, bringing her to 91K total. And fifth place is a tie between Genevieve Parisi and Daniel Maltby, who both added 9K on this week for Genevieve's tier play, Maltby's PTC play, bringing them to 142K and 273K, respectively. And now for the top five total Instagram chart, as of Thursday, October 20th, 2022, excuse you what? Victoria Fuller sits at the top <laughs> of the mountain with 602K. Andrew Spencer's in second place at 321K. Michael Olio is at 294K. Daniel Maltby's in fourth with 273K total. And rounding out the top five is Lace Morris at 248K. Now for the top five TikTok chart, we have... Brittany Galvin in first with 139K. Victoria Fuller has 122.2K in second place. Andrew Spencer has 85.1K. Aaron Clancy is at fourth with 60.4K. And face player Justin Glaze rounds out the top five at 43.2K. These numbers are starting to become respectable, I have to say. Mm-hmm. They're bigger than during Bachelorette. Yeah, it's it's starting to work out. Are you a man who is willing to infiltrate the biggest reality franchise in the history of humanity with a pre-planned game strategy designed to maximize your social media numbers and launch your influencer career? Send a DM to at Bachelor Clues today. But those are the gains that we have for this week. Now it is time to move on to a segment in which we discuss all of the luscious tids from around the neighborhood. Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in Kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons... They've earned the skin safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. 
By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, Gabby Wendy has officially joined the exalted members of the One Million Club after her, her historic performance on season 19 of The Bachelorette alongside Rachel Recchia as the first season-long dual bachelorettes. Wendy ended her crown run at 917,000 Instagram followers, and we wondered if she would cross the One Million threshold. But she has managed to turn in a stellar performance on Dancing with the Stars in its first season since the jump from ABC to the Disney Plus streaming service, where she's managed to pack on another 83K in her post-bachelorette career. Congrats to the lovable dingbat on this historic achievement. I was very happy this happened. Very happy. Finally, we have a dingbat in the One Million Club. Well, we have a dingbat in the One Million Club, but also we have the most recent bachelorette, one of two of them at any rate in the 1 million club. And, you know, we theorized about how it would have affected either one of their social media followings, the fact that there were going to be two of them. I still wonder if individually either one of them would have had far more than 1 million. Uh, if this yes. the struggle for Gabby to get to 1 million, the struggle for Rachel Reckett to get to, I believe she's in the mid 500,000s. I wonder if they either one of them would have benefited far more from being a sole bachelorette. And I think the answer is yes. I think so, too. But I was honestly wondering if even Gabby Wendy would hit this mark. So I'm very happy to see her get these numbers. Speaking of former crowns, the first Bachelorette of season 16, the first bubble season and the blower upper of the Bachelorette, Claire Crawley, is engaged one month after going public with Ryan Dawkins. Crawley announced the engagement via Instagram with a main grid post featuring Dawkins, Unbended knee and a caption that read, he has held me in my darkness, loves me through my healing, and we now celebrate the light together. The easiest yes of my life heart emoji. The post received a flurry of supportive congratulations from around the nation, including wishes of happiness from Trista Rain Sutter, Natasha Parker, Sarah Heron, Brian Abbaslow, Kendall Long, Michael Alio, Ashley Iacanetti, Rachel Recchia, Katie Thurston, and even perhaps the greatest player of the modern era, Courtney Robertson. Also, non-player Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh. I didn't realize that she and Crawley were uh, friends. But uh, congratulations to this historic crown. We love seeing her yes. happy and finally getting that proposal in a way that seems like it's real. It's going to last. I like to see you with men like that. <laughs> Up next in Bachelor Nation news, 
we turn our focus to a current player on sand, Casey Woods, who self-eliminated with an unforgettable IFI in this week's game, which I gave my play of the week, revealed the extent of his injuries via Instagram story. Four months after shooting Bachelor in Paradise Season 8, Woods still has three broken bones that have required three surgeries. His foot is still in a cast, which has prohibited him from walking the entire time. The injury was sustained after Woods launched a title attack against pizza player Peter Izzo and then suddenly collapsed at the bar, prompting medics to remove him from play in an ambulance. The severity of the injury was not included in the actual document, so we can't thank Casey Woods enough for shedding some light on just how powerful this IFI truly was. Thank you for your service. I hope I wish him a speedy recovery. Well, I think that window has already closed. I think that ship has sailed. This is our already not a speedy recovery. From now on. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I also apologize for my voice in this episode. I'm a little sick. And there's my own little IFI, little hat on a hat. Up next in Vaccination News, it's the Aya Kanetis. After the fourth audience delivered a less than enthusiastic reaction to the amount of screen time they were given in the current season of BIP, Haibon offered his reaction to that reaction on Us Weekly's Here for the Right Reasons podcast. We love our Bachelor family. I love the people who watch this show. They've given us more than I could possibly ever imagine, but they also love love. And the idea that love ends when two people meet on a show and then leave kind of boggles my mind. Love, as anybody who's been in a long-term relationship or who is married, who has kids, can tell you, it evolves, it changes, it takes work. And the love that I have for Ashley is stronger now than it ever was when you guys saw on the show. Tybon <laughs> said. That's true. He continued. <laughs> he continued. <laughs> I understand why people are pissed off. Like we apparently got double the amount of screen time that anybody else on that Monday's episode got. Even when I was watching it, I was like, we're on screen again. Like, holy crap. I knew there was going to be a joke or kind of running theme about us sleeping together in the boom, boom room, but I never thought it was going to be stretched out to the point it was. So contradicting the edit that was in his favor, contradicting a super favorable edit for him. One that gave him, as he correctly said, more screen time than anybody else on that episode. I love that because I feel like that's just like a subtle homage to Bachelor Data. Yeah, totally. She does a fantastic job of every episode uh, breaking down, you know, who gets what amount of screen time. She'll even do funny things. I saw once she did one that was about the crabs screen time versus other players. <laughs> So oh, yeah. Funny. Someone oh. references it in uh, one of our parasocial plays coming up. Oh. But this is a hilarious reaction. And I feel like a very 4TRR one and a very fence one. Yes. It was all those things. I agree. And I do feel some sympathy for them. I think a lot of people put the blame on them for everything that happened in this. And it's like. Well, they always do. No one, No one ever blames the producers. I know, which is strange to me. It's like, if you're the Iaconetti's and you get that call, hey, do you want to come down? All expenses paid. And it is like he's saying, like they've been with their their new baby for a while and they're getting a little run down and the romance might have like left their relationship a little bit. So this is a chance to reinvigorate the spark. They're of course going to take that chance. They go down there and they're like, oh, this was fun. We had a great time. And then they come back and during the watchback, the fourth <laughs> audience is like, what the fuck? And they start getting DMs about it. It's like they had nothing to do with it. They just said yes to a free trip. Yeah. And I mean, you say it was a favorable edit, but I'm like, can you imagine taking a trip and the only part that's used is your farts and sex? <laughs> also, their tearful conversation about their child on the beach and Ashley Iaconetti okay. peeing yeah, in the sand. True. That was also used. But no, I, I mean, they were at least aware of that shit. Like, I think they had to have known that the producers were going to put that in. This made me think they weren't like as in on it, though. Like, it wasn't like, right. oh, this is going to be our storyline for you guys. It seems like he's surprised. But I don't know. I'm gullible AF. Right. You believe Dark Lord Palmer has no darkness. Oh, my. <sighs> Let's not speak about my Dark Lord like that. Okay. We agree to disagree. <laughs> we do okay? indeed on that subject. And that's why we have a fun dynamic. 
have fun <laughs> dynamics. <laughs> Finally, we want to wish happy birthdays to Teddy Wright, a Sauce Wars player who turned 26 on October 16th, and Gore Girl Annalise Puccini, who turned 38 on October 12th. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, indeed. And now it's time to move on to that portion of our program where we discuss all the plays that are happening off the field and on the screens that we all hold in our hands. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Dynamic duo leader and utterer of the infamous big body trash can moniker, Aaron Clancy made a funny TikTok about him appearing on Bachelor in Paradise a second time to an audio saying, oh, so you're a slut. Want some big facts? This video has 586.8K views and 47.6K likes. I always want some big facts. I just wanted to hear you saying, want some big facts? <laughs> always want my big facts. That's how I like my facts. Bigger the better. Oh, speaking of big facts, Kelly Flanagan, infamous for winning the tricycle race on a group date on Popeye Peter Weber's 24th Bachelor season and Peter Popeye Weber himself have now made it Instagram official again. On Popeye's Instagram, he displayed a one-image post of him carrying Flanagan at a baseball game with the caption, Home Run. While the numbers are turned off, we can only assume this post got a tremendous amount of engagement. On Flanagan's Instagram, she posted a fall-themed image of the pair at the Empire State Building, complete with a sign that says 2022 on it, in case you thought you might have been seeing an older image. The caption reads, Who would have thought? Because not me. Face surrounded by hearts emoji. The post has 194.7K likes and 2.2K comments. I have to say. Yes. I never would have thought that I would have felt any way about this. Right. And I, and I fucking love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> I'm so happy Me too. that they seemingly are happy back in a relationship together. I hope this one stands the test of time. I can see that post coming with Popeye on bended knee. Perhaps <gasps> she's even on an airplane that he's flying. Oh I don't know. God. I don't know how they're going to do it. But there is something so, to me, pure about it. This really is a Sauce Wars relationship. If you want to really start looking at Sauce Wars, I think the the Kelly Flanagan's inclusion in Pilot Pete's season to me is kind of like where it started because they met, if you'll remember, they met each other before that season started shooting. <laughs> if I remember. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. they, they met before the season started shooting at uh, a hotel. I believe they were both at different weddings or she was at a wedding and he was there for some other reason. I don't remember. But they met. She then used that meeting to come into his player pool on season 24. And she made it pretty far, got eliminated in a horrendous three-on-one. Jesus, they did her dirty. And it seemed like the show was trying to keep them apart. A lot has come out about how she would want to talk to him and the producers would say, no, fuck you. And they'd lock her in her room. Uh, not literally, but you know what I mean? They would, they would sequester her from him. It was a trunk. Yeah, because they had... Uh, other plans and and that season also was the the chase rice victoria fuller one-on-one date all of these kind of nefarious things in that season mm-hmm. and to see that like these two people panic attack room panic attack room was that season you know what you signed up for sleucine protocol but to see if these two people can come together after a few years after even trying it immediately after the show which did not work out and we now know from uh everything that clayton and uh, Clayton Eckert and Susie Evans had told us on that Off the Vine podcast that immediately after the show is tough to maintain a relationship because of all the blowback, all the social media that you're getting, et cetera, et cetera. And so now, a few years after, uh, they're both kind of out of the Bachelor Nation limelight. They're certainly not like the most focused on couple of the, the nation. They're giving it another try. And I'm hopeful for them that it works out this time. I love seeing this. I... Well, I did think I would have an emotional reaction to this, and I did. Oh. Another accurate prediction. <laughs> I Look, I, Popeye has become one of my favorite bachelors. He has said that he is in the pit. Uh, but I think that 
one of the main reasons that this made me happy was that I believe that this will make Sweet Nums happy. And all <laughs> I want in this world is for Sweet Nums to be happy. <laughs> okay. We should have a Sweet Nums happiness meter for all these different parasocial plays. How do you think this affects Sweet Nums? <laughs> yeah, I just want, I just, in my life, I go through, it's like I have an emotion box with her face in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Brittany Galvin from this Bachelor in Paradise season made a TikTok this week in response to the show's promotional department. The caption reads, when the producers tell you to promote the show, but you get less screen time than the crabs. This video has 42K likes and 764,000 views. I love this. It's very rare you see a player use the word producers. She's putting it right out there. She's telling you that the producers say, promote the show on your social media. And then she's saying, no, fuck you. This is fascinating because it also reveals that the producers are, as much as they try to tamp down social media, they're asking you to use your platform to promote the show. Unbelievable. But I probably, another part of this I don't think they would probably want in it is screen time references. Correct. <laughs> that is 4TWR. Majority Whip Aaron Clancy made a TikTok of himself going past Jared and Ashley's room in paradise, smelling the creamy Caesar farts. The video has 29.7K likes and 619.9K views. Bass player Jill Chin made a TikTok of herself over images of Rapini walking around naked with a black box over his situation. With the caption, me during split week, to the audio, this is your man? Look at the screen. Yes, that's mine, and I'm going to stick with that. Rapini revealed what led to my face play of the game this week, which was uh, Rapini staring into a swimming pool. Via an intricate TikTok, he pretends to be, in quotes, the bad advice fish underwater, saying back to himself that things are going well with Jill and that he should fuck it up. Truly <laughs> hoping the bad advice fish series will continue because it was thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> It was very funny, and I think he can do it for a lot of different situations. Truly anything else that happens in his edit. Yeah. Sierra Jackson posted a reel to the caption, The math ain't mathing. To the sound, that's weird, that's suspicious. After Michael Alio's convenient situation on Bachelor in Paradise played out. That's that sauce wars. Kira Mangistu continues to be the gift that keeps on giving. Even post-document. She tweeted, thank you all for your concern. My back has since recovered from carrying the first half of the season. Hashtag Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> crab emoji. And then she made another play. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Kira Mangistu. She made a hilarious update on the status of her and Romeo after Paradise via Instagram Reel and TikTok. In it, she says, people have been asking for her update with Romeo. She direct to cam zooms in on her face and says in her signature deadpan, we are very happy. Right, Romeo? She then cuts to Romeo, kidnapping video style, where he agrees with her. The reel has 153K views, 4.3K likes, and the TikTok has an astounding 480,000 views and 25.8K likes. This is Parasocial Play 101. It relates to her edit. It's the self-deprecating humor based on the long shot of Romeo's face in the document. It's also a dynamic duo with Romeo. And I personally hope they continue this kidnapping storyline as far as they can take it. I hope they get together in real life and she takes them in a car places, make photo booth pictures together couple of photos where he looks scared at Disneyland, etc. She should do one where they pull up to Disneyland and sh and she opens the trunk of the car and he pops out of it. Give a weird little <laughs> sprinkling of the, the producer story about the... Oh my God. The producer having to get in the trunk, you know, but it's like, that's how she keeps him. Oh my God, I love it. Get Wells in a wig if you can. Absolutely. But congratulations to Kira and to Romeo who uh, guest starred in this video. Fantastic parasocial work. But it wasn't the only parasocial work being done. Of course, there was some work being done by our non-human friends, those creatures. Nate Okoye's pup, Percy, was the star of a Lincoln ad this week. A massive Mexican lizard found his way onto Katie Thurston's Instagram story. Package deal player Amanda Stanton and her new husband, Michael, adopted a Burmese mountain dog puppy named Moose. 
These are all great plays, but there can be only one winner of the Parasocial Creature of the Week. Well, this week there were actually two. Pino and Ramen. <laughs> In a main grid post from Jason Tardick this weekend, the two pups answered the age-old question, are you ready for some football? As they sat on the couch with mom and dad in matching Buffalo Bills jerseys. The post has 17.6K likes and 143 comments. Congrats to Pino and Ramen just always killing it. They seem to always be here. They're at least in contention, if not winning the award virtually weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, just two stellar, stellar canine creatures. Love to see a dynamic duo pup tot. I agree. Nothing cuter. Cute. Do you know any eligible men aged 24 to 34 who want to promote their musical, artistic, fashion, religion, etc. business and are willing to do exactly what Bachelor Clues says in pursuit of winning our beloved game? Apply to Bachelor Clues' DMs today. And that rounds out all those parasocial plays from humans and non-humans alike. Now it's time for Pace Case and I to enjoy the embrace of the darkness as we descend deep (laughs) into the bottom of the pit to have a conversation about how our fandom, which has now become beyond lifestyle for our beloved game, is, is affecting our life. I don't know what the next level beyond lifestyle is, but we're there. I know. I don't feel like fandom really describes it. Any- now, you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands, and because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. <laughs> I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% 
on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. <laughs> no, it's a part of me. It's a big, big <laughs> part of me. This is Screams from the Pit. I have a dream scream today. Oh, as some of you may know, I used to work as an assistant at a talent agency here in Los Angeles another lifetime ago for an entertainment reference. The CEO agent. Uh, Ari Gold in Entourage was based on the CEO of our company. And this job, it has had its ups and downs for me. I met one of my best friends in this world, in the kitchen there. And I also had my first ever panic attack there. <laughs> I would uh, I would say I was not an amazing assistant, but a, lo- a lot of the skills are less creative and more, you know, organizational, phone manner, attention to detail, etc. And I like how you put attention to detail. We're zooming as we're doing this. And Lizzie <laughs> just put the phrase attention to detail in quotes. <laughs> in air quotes. But I think it's literal. I think you do need a real, yeah, you do need an actual attention to detail. And to this day, I have dreams slash nightmares about working there with phones ringing there's, I'm often in the parking lot. Uh, I realized, by the way, as I was thinking of this, I was like, I am now turning this into a PTC, but that is not what this is meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a dream slash nightmare this week that it was my first day as an assistant on a new desk. And that basically means you're the assistant to one of the agents. And I was sick as I am in real life. Uh, but my good-natured boss was very chill about it. And you know who that boss was? No. Jared Iacadetti, <laughs> a.k.a. Jared Hybon, a.k.a. the victim of the creamy Caesar farts this week on Paradise. And he did not do much during this hypothetical workday. He okay. kept having me put Ashley Iacanetti on the phone sheet and take her off several times. Mm. And I mostly watched other abusive bosses doing their thing, which was, you know, par for the course. But it was a very weird dream. <laughs> that is a weird dream. What kind of an agent was he? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was talent, like actors. Okay. That was the the vibe. For those who may not know, all talent agencies are split up into different departments and each agent handles a different thing. So talent is like actors, directors can sometimes fall into that. Then there's lit or literary and that's writers and, you know, so on and so forth. I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it it depends on the agency and also probably those departments have changed at this point. I mean, there's podcasting departments now, but yeah. Uh very, very strange dream. Like, I have dreams about Bachelor and the agency, but they don't mm. often <laughs> cross over. Well, you know what it what it means. I mean, I'm no dream analyst, mm. but uh, it seems to me that what is now happening is your fandom of The Bachelor and its integration into your persona, your psyche, mm-hmm. is now trying to go back and rewrite your history to include itself. It's now going back to times oh that God. existed for you before this deep bachelor oh fandom and it's inserting itself into it. So that eventually you're going to be having dreams about like your uh, birthday party when you turned 10 and Jared Highbone is going to pop out of the cake. Oh shit my like that. God. Get ready. No, it's just going to be children from The Bachelor. Emily Maynard's kid will be there in my memories. <laughs> That's scary. I don't like your interpretation. I don't think so. That's like... Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Could be. Huh. This week, my scream involves a person and a location. 
You see, I like oh. the Grove. You still like the Grove? You may know the Grove if you've listened to the show for a little while. I love the Grove. I love it. I fucking love it. Coming out of a movie in the Grove at 10, 30 to 11, something like that, even later. When everything is closed, that's the worst time. When the Grove is shut, it's closed. I love it. That's the best time. It's eerie as fuck. There's no human beings around. You're just walking through this mimicry of a little village completely empty. <laughs> I love that feeling. I don't know how else to say it. But the time that I was here, the time that I'm describing happened this week. People were there. Everything was open. I can't believe you're admitting that you were there during our ban. We're still in our one-year ban where we're not allowed to go to the Grove. Not allowed. Sure. Okay. Which we have explained in an earlier podcast. And I'm explaining nothing can keep me from the Grove. There are very few places that I really love in Los Angeles to this degree. That is one of them. <laughs> I will continue to go. So anyway, we were uh, walking around, going to go eat some dinner, trying to figure out a place. You know how there's all those little restaurants in the middle of the Grove. Mm -hmm. Cheesecake Factory. Yep. Cheesecake Factory. Tried Cheesecake Factory. It was an hour and a half wait. Didn't work. Oh, my God. This is exactly <laughs> why the Grove sucks. <laughs> no, but there were a couple of the restaurants. Much and we, and we got in immediately. But one of the restaurants, as we were walking past, uh, we, we came to look at the menu out in front of it. And there were three people standing immediately in front of us. And I became aware uh -huh. of an aura coming off of one of them a feeling that I was getting. And I believe that I'm I'm able to now sense these auras because of my time spent deep in the pit. I believe it's attuned me. Astral projecting. I don't know if it's about astral projection, but I think that I have some kind of higher ability to receive certain powers, certain auras, certain particles, <laughs> waves, whatever you want to call it, coming off certain people. Okay. And so I, I said to myself, who was uh, projecting this aura? And I looked up and standing maybe two feet away from me, with her parents was the lovable dingbat, Gabby Windy. She walked into this Mexican food restaurant and I I tried to get my phone out to get a picture. I was like fumbling around. Oh my God. This, I forgot. I forgot that you told me this story on the live. <laughs> I was like, wait, who? Yeah, I couldn't get a, a good picture uh, because I was immediately nervous, which is something that uh, rarely happens for me. I was like starstruck instantaneously <laughs> and she and her parents walked in and then they they came out to sit on the patio and do you know where that little sprinkles cupcake place is in the grove i know where the one is in the americana far superior all right <laughs> i think it's probably exactly the same but uh while i was getting the sprinkles cupcakes all i could do was just mm -hmm. like oh my god there's gabby windy there's gabby windy there's yeah. gabby windy and my entire time at the grove all i could think about was she was in there at the same time, it completely altered my experience of it. It completely altered my perception of it. And it, I didn't like go up and talk to her or anything. It was just in my fucking head the whole time. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I see bachelor people in LA from time to time, as I'm sure you do as well. This one was like, I don't know. There was something different about it. She really does have that fucking thing that is like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is a fucking star. Mm, good for her. I will. I'm sad to say, actually, that when you and I met the great one, he did not have that quality, in my opinion. Well, that was before he was the bachelor, and I also think he did have that quality. As a true, at any rate. Uh, <laughs> oh, I will no more speaking for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're going to move on. We do a thing in Screams from the Pit every week where we play a scream from someone who is down here deep in the pit with us. If you would like to submit your screams to us for potential play and analysis here on This Week in Bachelor Nation, please join us at patreon.com slash game of roses. You're going to get access to our discord. In that discord, you can record a one minute audio file. Submit your scream. We play the best ones here. Today, we have a scream submitted by Mariah Amazing. We are going to play it for you 
now. Hi, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues. This is Mariah, longtime listener, first time caller. My scream is that I've been dying to run a game of Dungeons and Dragons, but I didn't have enough interested friends to play with me. However, I've drugged two of my closest friends into the pit with me, and my husband suggested that I lure them into D&D via our shared Bachelor fandom. So I developed a short D&D campaign based completely on The Bachelor, and somehow the unity of the pit was strong enough to convince them to come on board along with their partners. We've done one session so far, and I have to say, it's felt like a success. We did limo exits, and I assigned my players to their respective producers— My Jesse Palmer equivalent is obviously a pit fiend, and the producers so far are all goblins. I can't believe I've drugged people I love this far down, but as we all know, the only way out is through. Love you guys. Love this. Love this scream so much. (laughs) Um, I have from time to time on this very program discussed the fact that I play in a Dungeons & Dragons game with some old high school buddies of mine via Zoom. And since I mentioned that, I... Every once in a while, say maybe like once every two to three weeks, I'll get a DM from somebody who is in the pit and plays D&D and has developed some kind of campaign around The Bachelor. So this is not uh, an isolated incident, but I cannot congratulate Mariah Amazing enough on putting this together and using Dungeons & Dragons as a way to drag more people into the pit. I think anytime you can merge two fascinations in your life, two loves, two pastimes... Uh, you're doing something right. You want to know how Dungeons and Dragons is already in the pit? Hmm. My brother worked on the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Which one? The new one that's coming out. <laughs> okay. Are there multiple? Yeah. They've made a bunch of Dungeons and Dragons movies. Um, Wait, really? Oh. Yeah, with, with mixed receptions, to say the least. But Well, the, the really good one is the one... That uh, <laughs> you worked on. <laughs> All right. No, that's cool. I love this scream. It's like inspiring me. I'm like, what other kind of like board games or things could you? Oh my God. You could do it on The Sims. BRB. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play The Sims a lot as a yeah. child. Yeah, I got into it a little bit. Will Wright made that, right? Genius lover, level game developer, Will Wright. At any rate. Thank you again, Mariah Amazing, for this amazing Scream from the Pit. And thank you, everyone, for joining us this week for This Week in Bachelor Nation. We are going to be back on Wednesday of next week with a recap of the next two episodes of Bachelor Paradise. And I'm sure we'll have something to say about whatever parasocial stuff is going on in the Sauce Wars. I can only expect that it's going to continue now that the groups will be brought back together after the big split. I can't wait to see what happens. But... Until then, before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,515 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 